This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck, The Blaze Radio Network. I don't know what, whether there are such things as answers. Take the business on the hereafter. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I've never seen the evidence one way or the other. I don't expect to see it during my lifetime. But if there is, I suppose given a choice, I think I would uh, pick hell. The reason I'd pick hell is because that's where all the have-nots are. You know, the currency of the realm shifts over here. It's money, over there it's virtue. But either way, if you haven't got it, you're, you're stuck. And I've spent all my life with the have-nots. And, uh, and once I got into hell, uh, well, I'd start organizing, just like I do down here. And uh, then I'd be in heaven, personally, you know, because this is the thing that gives me the greatest happiness in life. And uh, look out, heaven, here we come. Uh, I think I'm sure there are a lot of grievances that uh, people down there have that should be worked out one way or another. Saul David Alinsky, the man who would grow up to fantasize about organizing hell itself, literally. He was born during a cold Chicago winter in 1909 to Jewish immigrant parents who had immigrated to the U.S. from Russia. His parents were strict Orthodox Jews who divorced when he was 13. He moved with his father to Los Angeles, but returned after high school to attend college at the University of Chicago. By the time Alinsky came back to Chicago, he was no longer practicing Judaism. Instead, he was now an agnostic, even though he continued to identify himself with his Jewish heritage throughout his life. He had also changed emotionally and politically during his time with his father in Los Angeles. He was now discontented with the United States of America, and Alinsky had become radicalized. He wanted to change things. The nation, he believed, was not a place of fairness. When Alinsky returned to Chicago, the country was in the throes of the Great Depression. But he was nevertheless able to find work with the Congress of Industrial Organizations, doing something in which he now strongly believed, organizing labor unions. Alinsky had become very sympathetic to the labor movement, and in fact, he also became very sympathetic to the Communist Party, as Stanley Kurtz of the Ethics and Public Policy Center asserts. Alinsky in the 1930s was a very strong sympathizer with the Communist Party. He never joined the Communist Party, and people made the mistake of accusing him of that. But, in fact, he was uh, very strongly sympathetic with the Communist Party and worked closely with it on uh, most of its organizing projects. And he, he actually learned his community organizing techniques from the Communist Party. So he, I believe he was deeply committed. And if you go back and you look at the very first Alinskyite community organization. Uh, it was called the uh, Back of the Yards Neighborhood Council. Uh, this was something that Alinsky did in order to support the Communist Party in Chicago. The Communist Party, uh, by a series of uh, coincidences, 
ended up having one of its uh, meatpacking unions uh, come close to taking over uh, the uh, tremendously powerful meatpacking uh, industry in Chicago. And to have uh, your union dominate a major American industry uh, was a tremendous coup for the Communist Party. So in order to see that this uh, came to fruition, Alinsky went into the back of the yard's neighborhood, which is where all the meatpacking workers were, and he created a community organization. And the purpose of that organization was to persuade the local Catholic priests, who were very anti-communist, to approve of this union. And Alinsky essentially successfully tricked the Catholics and other conservatives in the uh, back of the yard's neighborhood into approving this communist-dominated uh, union, which allowed it to take control of the meatpacking industry. Sometime during the 1940s, Alinsky decided that just organizing labor wasn't good enough to bring about the kind of societal change that he wanted to see. So he became an agitator. For a fee, Saul Alinsky would come into a neighborhood and essentially stir up trouble. If those in the community weren't already angry, Alinsky was actually paid to get them angry. If they were already angry, it was his job to make them even more so. Alinsky would pit the rich against the poor, black against white. He was the one who actually coined the term community organizer. Many years later, one of his disciples himself, a community organizer, who was being mocked by some over the profession, explained what he did this way. I would argue that doing work in the community to try to create jobs, to bring people together, to uh, rejuvenate communities that had fallen on hard times, to set up job training programs in areas that uh, had been hard hit when the steel plants closed, that that's relevant only in understanding uh, where I'm coming from, who I believe in, who I'm fighting for, and why I'm in this race. Uh, and the question I have for them is, uh, why would that kind of work be ridiculous? Who are they fighting for? What are they advocating for? After Alinskyite Barack Obama became president of the United States, Republicans stopped laughing. Meanwhile, some Democrats went so far as comparing him to the ultimate example. Barack Obama was a community organizer like Jesus, who our uh, minister prayed about. Uh, Pontius Pilate was a governor. Saul Alinsky would have been proud. No one had ever taken the lessons Alinsky taught and applied them better or more effectively or on a grander scale than Barack Obama. But what exactly was the Alinsky goal for America? His supporters, like Barack Obama and student Hillary Clinton, have all claimed he was simply a mainstream warrior for social justice. Again, Stanley Kurtz of the Ethics and Public Policy Center and Harvard Ph.D. in social anthropology at Harvard on Alinsky's ideological background. Saul Alinsky was a man of the left and very far to the left. What made him original, though, was finding a way to advance a hard left agenda without publicly announcing an ideology. To pin it down, you'd have to say that Alinsky was a democratic socialist meaning that he wanted the United States to become a socialist country, but only gradually and through the democratic process, not by way of a violent revolution. Now, Alinsky was never a member of the Communist Party, 
and people have mistakenly accused him of that. But Alinsky did sympathize very strongly with the Communist Party, and he worked with the Communist Party on numerous occasions to advance its goals. And what kind of America did he foresee if he met his goal? He wanted public ownership of the means of production, literally socialism, an economy controlled by the state. But again, Alinsky wanted to build up to that point slowly, from the ground up, so to speak, by creating a kind of grand coalition of community organizations that he hoped to establish all across the country. We asked Kurtz what he believed today's radical leftists, like Obama and Hillary Clinton, were so drawn to. Well, Obama's real first encounter with community organizing came during a series of socialist conferences that he attended when he lived in New York City as a young man. Those conferences touted Alinskyite organizing as the best way to bring socialism to America. And those conferences touted Chicago as the place with the very best community organizers in the field. So Obama went to Chicago and he kept going back to Chicago because that's where Alinsky's smartest and most influential disciples were headquartered. Now, Alinsky himself avoided conventional electoral politics, but his Chicago disciples were experimenting with a new approach. They were looking for ways to turn talented community organizers into politicians. And this is the model of Alinskyite organizing that inspired Barack Obama. As for Hillary, she first learned about Alinsky from a Methodist minister who pulled her very far away from conservatism and moved her sharply to the left while she was still in high school. And when Hillary got to college, she remembered how that minister back in Chicago had praised Alinsky's work, and she decided to make her senior thesis a study of Alinsky's approach. Alinsky outlined his feelings on the world he envisioned and the plight of the poor in a 1966 San Francisco television interview. In the world, as it is, the real question has never has never been uh, the sort of silly one about the end justifying the means. It's always been, does this particular end justify this particular means? If you understand that, it, uh, it explains many things around. In the world, as it is... Uh, you uh, you have to start from where you are and not from where you would wish you would be. And uh, this doesn't mean that the fact that you accept the world as it is, that in the slightest sense, that it negates or dilutes your desire to strive towards the world that you would like it to be. But if you're going to have any kind of a chance of achieving the kind of world you would like it to be, then you have to begin with the world as it is. When we're fighting for low-income groups, having their, their own economic opportunities and having the power, which is, which is theirs by right as American citizens, uh, uh, this, uh, this is what is basic in the civil rights revolution. This is basic with low-income whites. And frankly, all that we're doing is assuming that the American Revolution began. In 76, but it still goes on. It's going to go on for a long time. And this country is all divided into Tories and radicals, just like it was. And they're still fighting it out on the same issues. I'm going to look at the issue of representation. 
We may talk about uh, the fact that the poor should have political equality and that we respect them and so forth, but we don't, in fact. Emotionally, we consider them a bunch of poor slobs. Interestingly, Alinsky claimed he wanted to provide opportunity to the poor, as if none existed for them without him and his community organizing efforts. Despite the fact that, like his followers, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, Alinsky had somehow risen from growing up in what he described as the ghetto to prominence and economic success. Coming up, Alinsky outlines the rules for radical change in America and a tip of his hat to, of all beings, Lucifer. On the next episode... Glenn Beck. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.